Hello, Husky Nation, and welcome to Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven Channel. I am Mike Martin, and it is Power Rankings time. With me is Andrew Percival. Uh, he done, did our initial Power Rankings, and uh, before we kind of dive into that, though, uh, Andrew, what do you think about how things have shaken out so far? It doesn't seem like there's anybody that has seized the agenda that can really can really say that they've played four quarters in each game. Some teams have only played four quarters, but um, and Utah hasn't even played four quarters. But nobody seems like they're really wanting to seize the agenda yet this this early in this early yet late in the year. Yeah, I mean, the whole – everything about college football in 2020 is, is crazy. Um, and with the Pac-12, I mean, you know, we, we, with a six-game season, a five- or six-game season, I mean, season the agenda might mean playing really well in one big game. I mean, that might, that might be what the definition of season the agenda is. Um, and so – yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree that, um, you know, there's there's nobody that's played that, that's looked uh, invincible so far. Uh, but, I mean, it, it just might be the kind of year where um, you, you scrape by a few weeks and then you get that one big game with tiebreaker implications in your division. And if, if, if that's your night, um, that's season the agenda. Um, and so, right. I mean, and, in the north, it might be. I guess maybe for me, seizing the agenda is being a powerhouse that can say, hey, we're a playoff quality team. I don't see that out of anybody in the conference. I agree 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> who knows how the, how the committee would even treat us, um, given, given playing fewer games than everybody else. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, coming into the year, there are really four teams that had that potential, um, Oregon, Utah, USC, and Washington. Um, and none of, none of the three that have played have, have looked uh, invincible. That's, that's for sure. Now, Washington's second-half defense looked invincible. They, they were convincing. They were decisive. We saw – and I've never seen this in my life, and I've watched a lot of football, where a player, number 48, Edifon Yulo Fashio, had three straight pass breakups uh, to close out a game. Have you ever seen anything like that? Not that I can remember. Uh, definitely not. And I, I didn't even, it didn't even catch my eyes that that happened. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, that, uh, especially for a linebacker and not a, you know, I suppose it can happen with a DB when they're throwing it way down the field, but uh, for a linebacker to do that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so he is, is, and, um, and ZTF, those two guys really kind of, ZTF kind of had a breakout game. We'll see if he can be consistent. We could expect uh, a a ten tackle uh, game out of Edifon. I think pretty much from here on out, uh, we saw the defensive backs. They're rated by Pro Football Focus as the number one unit in the country last week. Um, what are your metrics saying about the other defenses in the conference? Um, well, you know, I honestly, when when I when I look at my metrics, I don't even parse out the offense or the defense. Um, so I'd have to get back to you on that. A few of them do contain offense and defensive um, splits, but um, I, I can't I can't answer that. My just off the off the top of my head, um, I think um, 
the uh, Oregon Oregon defense looks looks pretty good, um, and uh, and then I'd, I'd go and put Washington up there as well. All right, and now let's kind of uh, from maybe the bottom to the top. Let's kind of start peeling back some of the layers of or tiers maybe of of where you have some of the teams. There's uh, there's Utah would be number 12, I'm guessing, because they have yet to play a game. Well, that, that, that's not, that's not how I, that's not how I did them. Um, I, I put the Utes basically right where they started the year. Um, so they're near the top um, for my number 12 team. And so, so these rankings are a combination of what uh, my metrics consensus system had coming into the year, which is just an averaging of, um, several computer formulas out there that are publicly available. Um, and I took those, those preseason priors and um, made some, some adjustments based on what I've seen this year. Um, and then also refreshed all the metrics to see what, what, how, how that moved. So it's kind of a combination of, of objective and, and qualitative, but um, I've got Oregon state as uh, the, the worst team in the conference, number 12 um, and in kind of in a, in a tier by them by themselves. Yeah, and I thought that that they played uh, a very good game against Washington. They played a pretty good game against Wazoo. There, there are a couple of spokes missing from uh, having a, a really nice, uh, nice tire that can roll down the field. Uh, they have a, that that uh, uh, Jarmar. Jefferson, Jermar Jefferson. I apologize for yeah, yeah, Jamar Jefferson. He he looks legit. Yeah. Uh, and that quarterback, he's oh, a four-star yeah. kid from uh, Jebbia. He's a four-star kid that transferred out of Nebraska. So they have some good components there. And I thought their offensive line was pretty good when you can when you can open the open up those holes for 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 Jefferson. So I think that they, I think that they might surprise somebody yet this year, but I thought Washington state was probably their best opportunity for a win to start out the year. Now I think Cal might be. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's the pac 12, so there's going to be surprises and, and yeah, just cause I have them 12. Um, I, I definitely think that they're going to beat somebody this year. Um, and yeah, Jamar Jefferson, he's been uh, tremendous uh, from, from the jump. Um, he's, he's a Los Angeles guy, Narbonne high school, the kind of guy that, you know, as Husky fans, um, every once in a while, they, they pull out those guys and it makes you pull up their recruiting profile and ask yourself, Hey, why didn't we get those guys? Um, and he's definitely one of them. He's an awesome player. Well, I'll tell you why we didn't get those guys because, uh, the Huskies have, uh, Cam Davis, uh, they have Richard Newton. They have, uh, you know, any number of guys in that, in that stable, Sean McGrew. I don't know what, what year is Jefferson a senior? Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think he's younger than that. Um, either a sophomore or a junior, but I'm not, I'm not sure. So they, they've done a nice job of developing him. And I'm not surprised that a, a, I don't know what he was ranked coming out of uh, Narbonne, but I, I would not be surprised that a Chris Peterson protege is able to take a guy with lower rankings and develop him. So that's that's not at all surprising uh, to me. Uh, next up, what what is the next tier that you have? Number eleven, um, I've got Arizona in there by themselves. 
Um, and that's largely based on the, the preseason sentiment and kind of the preseason priors because I thought they played a, a good game on Saturday. I mean, I, I watched most of that game with, with uh, USC. Um, they were competitive throughout. That quarterback's not bad. Um, and so I certainly don't, don't expect uh, them to be uh, a rollover opponent on, on Saturday um, at Husky Stadium. But uh, just looking at the other 10 teams, um, I would slot Arizona um, in the 11th spot still. Okay. And who, uh, so those are two teams in tiers by themselves. Uh, where do we go from there? So the next in the nine and the 10 spot, I've got, you know, a, a similar, very similar uh, tier with Cal number nine and Stanford number 10, the Bay area schools. Um, both of these rankings represent a, a drop from what I would have told you even, even a month ago. Um, but uh, just given particularly Cal, and I know there were unique circumstances associated with that game on Sunday morning, um, but just to, to go in there and, and not be competitive, um, you know, especially given all the preseason hype surrounding them. I mean, there were, there were, they were kind of a, you know, right there with Washington in the preseason. Um, if you were to do like a crowdsourcing of every preseason Pac-12 prediction, I mean, it was Cal and Washington. Um, and so that, you know, and they've each, you know, they're only one game apart at this point, but uh, that was, that was stunning to watch on Sunday morning, uh, just them get blown off the field at the Rose Bowl. And with this being a six game season, they have fewer opportunities to, to make that up. Um, so I've got Cal nine and Stanford 10. All right. And going up from there. Now, number eight, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to take you back real quick to Stanford. Um, is their quarterback back? Um, I believe he was back on Saturday. I did not watch the game, but I believe he was back on Saturday and that it was the, uh, the game one against Oregon where he was not. And, and they, they just could not really finish drives. They, and they, they couldn't even finish field goals when they were able to get close enough. Um, I, I expect them, uh, when they have Mills, and when they have Weddington back, um, I think that they're going to not be ranked number 10. I agree. I agree. Um, where do we go from there? Okay, so number eight, um, this is – I have number six, number seven, and number eight in a very similarly grouped tier. I mean, you could argue them any, any which way. Um, my number eight team is, is probably going to – Upset some people, uh, but I've got Colorado, 2-0 Colorado at number eight. And that is simply because coming into the year, um, I had them number 10, if I remember right. Um, and the UCLA game was a little strange. Um, they were – UCLA outgained Colorado by 1.6 yards per play. Um, and granted, um, the yards per play perspective, especially when you have a lot of turnovers early, because I think UCLA couldn't stop turning the ball over early and Colorado got off to a huge lead. So, I mean, naturally, they're going to call the game a little more conservatively and sit on the ball a little bit. And, and UCLA is going to be scratching from behind and that's going to have a huge impact on the yards per play um, and not be, you know, wholly reflective of quality. But at the same time, um, I think it's, it's certainly not good when you're winning games, getting outgained, um, you know, by a yard and a half per play. Um, and, you know, I, I think um, it, it's – I got Colorado eight, Wazoo seven, 
And the, the gap with those two is, is really just prior years. Um, just Washington State's been far better the last several years. Um, and then number six, I've got um, UCLA um, with uh, that, that really, really strong performance. Um, even though they, you know, they, they had those turnover issues in Boulder, uh, what they did on sun, uh, Sunday morning just really impressed me. Um, and so I think my, my metrics consensus has them basically in a dead tie from seven to nine, but I'm, I'm running them up the board uh, to number six. Uh, but like I said, six, seven, eight, UCLA, Washington State, Colorado, um, I think those teams are really close and, and form a very distinct fourth tier for me. Do you, do you see UCLA as a Jekyll and Hyde team, or do you think that who they were on Sunday is who they will be this Saturday? Uh, most definitely the former. Um, I, I think I, I think I've, I've uh, watched them for enough years now uh, to know not to trust them. Um, and you know, really, every team that's kind of in the in the middle of Power Five football, everybody there is Jekyll and Hyde. It's not necessarily unique to UCLA. It's just that when you're a mediocre Power Five team, um, you're going to have some some days where you look really really good, and some days where where you don't look so good. Uh, but yeah, certainly channeling memories of them the last few years, um, I would expect them to be uh, more of the same and and you know kind of kind of dangerous. I mean, I, I was I was really impressed on Sunday morning. All right, and uh, so we're now up to five, four, three. Number five, I've got Arizona State at number five in in very much a tier by themselves. Um, I think. They're not quite on the level of the top four. Um, you know, granted, they almost won in the Coliseum. Um, and they also, I mean, I think, you know, arguably almost as impressively as winning that game was they were about uh, a half a yard per play better than USC. I mean, that was the kind of thing. That's always something I glance at if, if I'm curious as to whether a result has some, some realness behind it as opposed to being kind of a fluky football thing. Um, and yeah, they outgained them half a yard per play. They were that onside kick recovery away from winning the, the game. Um, and then they didn't get the opportunity to go out and play in week, week uh, two. Um, so I think, you know, I, I, I've got them five, but if, if a Sun Devil's watching this and they're a little upset that some of the teams ahead of them um, are, I, I would certainly understand that. Uh, they, they, I think they're, they're dangerous for sure. All right, and um, where who? So they're in a tier by themselves. What do you have next for four, three, two, one, two, three? So for two, three, four, I've got a tier. Um, so all three of these teams very close. Could order them any which way, but I've got um, USC number four, Washington number three, and Utah number two. Um, and with with USC, really, I mean. I, I think I was not impressed on, on Saturday, um, even though, you know, they, they did outgain Arizona by almost a yard per play. But uh, to have the score that close, um, you know, not, not that there's any shame in that, but I do, I do carry Arizona as the 11th, 11th best team in the conference as of right now. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, to, to go and have another kind of nail biter uh, where you needed to go down the field in the last two minutes against um, a team of that caliber, um, that, that knocked them down a little bit. And then Washington, I kept Washington behind Utah, you know, mainly just for the same reason uh, about that, that USC logic in that um, I don't think Oregon State's very good. 
Um, I, I agree that, you know, they've got some nice players and Jonathan Smith's done a good job there, but um, I do think when it's all said and done, they'll, they'll be the number 12 in the league. Um, and so, um, you know, Washington controlled that game. Um, you know, you dub did outgain them by, um, if I remember right, almost about 1.8 yards per play. Um, and obviously they called the game a certain way with the conditions and the quarterback and, and whatnot. And, and of course that uh, punt debacle, uh, which just handed them seven points um, and, and kind of made, you know, what may have been a little more comfortable ride the whole way for all of us Husky fans, if that had never happened. Um, hopefully we'll all look back and laugh at it uh, years to come. Uh, but um, so I, 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 not, I, I slid Utah above both Washington and USC because of uh, Washington and USC's, you know, relatively uninspiring performances against um, the bottom, bottom teams in the league. Uh, but who knows? Utah hasn't played yet. So, uh, you know, who, who knows? Who they so they're, they're very tenuously placed at number two. But, but really, Utah, Washington, USC, to me, the three of them, uh, are very clearly in the Pac-12's uh, second second tier. Okay, now here's here's the the question that I have for you regarding USC. Um, they were uh, the literally the ball went off of uh, the Arizona defenders' hands there uh, in, in the final couple of plays. Uh, how close? And, and then Arizona State the week before. They get a uh, you know a couple of um, of course you make your own luck I always say but I just wonder if if those two things don't happen USC could very easily be sitting at zero and two and they're literally like that much from being an zero and two team how close do you weigh something like that. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it was enough to, to get them down to number four behind Washington and behind a team that hasn't even played a game yet. Um, I think the way that I think of, of power ratings um, and such, and, and this is kind of a philosophical thing at the end of the day, but the way that I look at them is uh, stack the teams in the order that if you had like an 11-game tournament or 11-game round-robin tournament on a neutral field, how would it, how would it shake out? Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think USC uh, is still a team that is going to win a lot of games and that I think is, is, should be the clear favorite over most teams in the conference. Um, but that being said, I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. And I, I think, um, I think if, if I were to do these rankings nationally, um, they'd be somewhere in kind of the 20 to 30 range. So certainly not what we're accustomed to seeing from USC. Um, and yeah, they could they could very well be uh, 0-2. Yeah, and I think that is kind of what we have come to expect. Do they have the right <laughs> offense now? I think we have seen a lot of this from USC. Good point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the only difference is that this year they weren't put in the top five. Uh, they're going to have to, um, you know, succeed to get up there rather than fail to get out of there. So uh, that leaves though. Um, one team and I, I can't really I, I'm drawing a blank it's like a full zero is popping up in my head uh, yeah I know I can't you know it's like you, you look at the list of teams that have won a national championship and they're not there so I don't know I mean sometimes it's like they don't even exist um, but I, I unfortunately for Husky fans I do I do think the Ducks have done enough um, 
and the metrics think the Ducks have done enough to be considered the, the conference favorite and the top team in the conference. Um, I'm looking at my metrics consensus right now, and they would be about a seven or eight point favorite against every team in the rest of the conference. Um, and so it, it's, it represents definitely a little, a little, um, it's a little, a little different than what I would have told you a month ago. Um, and part of that is because I shifted some of these metrics from their prior year versions to the current year version. Um, and, uh, and I think they, they have looked, um, you know, not great, but not terrible either. I think the second half of that Washington state game, um, you kind of could, could see them take over and it felt like they were winning, you know, four out of every five plays and really controlling that game. Um, and so a combination of what my eyes tell me and then what my charts are telling me, um, I do think that they should be considered uh, the clear conference favorite. Now that doesn't mean they're, they're an elite, uh, you know, national title contending team, even in a normal year where with a full schedule, um, they're, they're not, not close to that level, but I do see, I do see them as number one in the PAC 12 as of right now. Right. And that's why we call it a PAC 12 power ranking. Now you have uh, four unbeaten teams. You have Oregon, USC, Colorado, and Washington. Um, who do you think just, I know apart from Oregon, look at there and tell me if there's one team um, or even include Oregon that really you think scares the, the crap out of anybody outside of the, uh, uh, the Pac-12 that could, that they they could go into uh, the SEC and win, or the ACC and win, or the Big Ten, and finish better than third or fourth. Um, I think they. I, I mean, I think Oregon is is the clear nominee for that. Um, but I think if you were to put them in those other leagues, um, clearly inferior to Clemson and Notre Dame. And I think they'd be kind of, um, you know, they'd play real competitive games with, with Miami and North Carolina. So they'd be right in the mix for that kind of three, four spot in the ACC. Um, in the Big Ten, I mean, gosh, the Big Ten is so wild this year with Indiana um, coming out of nowhere. Um, but I mean, I think, I think they'd get blown off the field against Ohio State. In some ways, it's unfortunate that we didn't get those pair of non-conference games because uh, Washington would have you know, not that it would have turned out exactly this way, but I think it's certainly likely that, um, you know, Michigan would have been maybe a little easier opponent than perceived on September 1st. And then uh, with Ohio State, I think they've, they've every, every bit lived up to their billing. So um, I, think, I think Oregon would finish, uh, you know, maybe may, they may have a shot at, at, at second, third, or fourth in the Big Ten, not first. Um, and then the SEC um, – and granted, all of this is with the caveat that this is just a bizarre year. We don't have that bulk of non-conference play to really establish clear conference hierarchies. Uh, but just going off of the last several years, I think a, a team, the quality of this year's Oregon team, would tend to be anywhere from, um, you know, three, three if they're lucky, to maybe six, six in the SEC. Um, I, I would not see them being a player in that league. I think the Big 12, the Big 12 is the league that's most similar to the Pac-12 in that um, they're a little light at the very top. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're the, the, a bad league. I mean, I, I would stand by the, the opinion that the ACC is certainly the worst power five league in the country. They earned that status last year with the way they performed in non-conference play. Um, but um, so, so I don't, I don't want to sound harsh on the Pac-12, but I do think it's a little bit of kind of a middle and bottom strength league um, and the very top 
um, would would for the most part struggle to hang with their counterparts in other leagues. Well, okay, one final question for you, and this is taking your analyst hat off and putting your your Husky hat on a, a little bit. Um, looking at what you saw on Saturday from that Washington defense and that Washington offense, um, how many games do you think that defense has to or can win by themselves given who their opponents are coming up? Uh, probably none, probably zero. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, you know, competitive enough level of, of, you know, major college football. And, and, and I, th I think, I think, um, you know, they, they had probably their lightest opponent on, on Saturday um, and that the offense is definitely going to have to do a little bit more. And, 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 you know, we don't know, to what degree, you know, what, what, the, what the, the, oh, there's been so much made about the, the, you know, what, what most would call a conservative, um, you know, offensive game plan. And, and maybe they're reacting to the elements. Maybe they're reacting to their quarterback experience. Uh, but certainly that's been kind of the story. And it was, it was exciting for us. We, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I had no idea going into the game what I was going to see. Um, and I think, um, I think a lot of Husky fans lo lo love the idea of, of really pounding the football, running the football, and playing defense. It's Don James football, at least on kind of the, the Husky fandom that I was raised on. That was certainly that, that it was, there was certainly a bias to that style. Um, but I do think that uh, they're going to have to do a little bit more through the air and be a little more dynamic um, than they were on Saturday if, if they're going to you know, get to Eugene undefeated, which, um, you know, should be the goal because it's a very attainable goal. Right. Well, it hasn't been many times in my lifetime when last Sunday, the 15th was my birthday, that the Huskies have been unbeaten um, after my birthday. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a pretty cool thing for me to, to have the Huskies yeah. um, unbeaten. So, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to kind of seeing how this thing plays out because, I, like, I, like we started out talking, I think everybody is vulnerable. Um, I don't think any there are any easy outs, partly for the schedule, but because there are no fans to to kind of help take over games, and the weather is now a factor. I think from here on out. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this um, in October as the schedule was announced, you know, what's it going to be like in Pullman or Salt Lake City or Boulder um, or even Seattle potentially um, in December? Like I, you know, you, you kind of, I, th I think we've all, I mean, you, you've certainly probably been to some Apple Cups um, in Pullman where you're kind of thinking, you know, hey, we're pushing the limits on, on the acceptability of outdoor football right now. So, you know, you, you attach two additional weeks uh, towards that winter solstice. Um, and I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. I think there's, I mean, just, I think it's just science that we're probably going to see more snow in the PAC 12 this year than we've, we've seen in its history. It's got the ability to impact a game. It can look like big 10 football or um, uh, NFL playoffs. It has the potential in like you said, Colorado, Pullman, uh, Utah. Well, that will do it for our Power Ranking Show with Andrew Percival. Andrew, how can people follow you? Oh, I'm on uh, Twitter at, uh, at PDAWG206, P-D-A-W-G-206. And, uh, yeah, talking Husky football, college football, it's one of my favorite things to do. All right, thanks for your time. Thank you, Mike.